0: Start going. I've got uh, Lavinia connected and it's going awesome. And also, Mary Lou, you are connected as well. So feel free to start your show. Hello and welcome to Real Living. This is Lavinia Spirito with Mary Lou Nemacek. Yay! And We're back. We're back, back. We're back <laughs> after a few months of technical difficulties. <laughs> it feels like years of technical difficulties. It, it um, does. And it's it, it feels like home now. We finally found a fairy god pod, podcaster guy who's <laughs> he <was> helping <laughs> us. God bless him. And uh, so anyway, uh, without further ado, we have um, a couple of shows I think are going to be kind of fun for you all, even if you are not joining us on this trip. We're going to kind of give you a preview of the pilgrimage that we the Catholic Way Bible study is sponsoring uh, that it departs uh the third week or the second week in January 2023. So, coming up because we're recording yeah. these podcasts uh, in middle of December. And we're going to kind of give you a little bit of our, t- our itinerary on this uh spiritual journey to Italy.
1: Are you well, you're excited? An old- You're an old hand at this, having done several of them to Italy and Mm -hmm. to the Holy Land and to um, uh, Spain and so forth and France. So, this is really within your comfort zone. And it's always exciting, it's always different. And I've been, you know, very blessed to be on all of the trips to Italy. So, um, I'm really looking forward to getting away and going over there.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be really fun. so what are we going to do where we're going to be in the interests of trying to keep um, the number of hotels that we're staying at down? We're only going to stay in two hotels, which I think is amazing considering how much ground we're covering. Right. Right. I think that um, basically here's the deal. I wanted to everybody to have Perhaps a little bit of a slower experience, a more meditative experience in some parts of the trip. So what we're going to do is we're arriving in Rome. Everybody arrives on their own steam, which should be interesting, but I trust everybody to get to the hotel so that we can meet. You know, of course, we can't help delayed flights and flight cancellations, that kind of stuff. But for the most part, I think we're just going to leave it in God's hands and -hmm. in the guardian angel's hands, right? Right. Right. So we're supposed to meet and Rome. Have no fear. Have no fear. Um, our hotel is pretty cool. Uh, it's um, within walking distance of the Basilica of St. Peter's. It's a little bit of a hike, but it's it's cool. It's not too oh, bad. No, it's not far. And um, so that's that's number one, that we're close to the Vatican and we're close to the various places that we want to see, right? Right. But... We won't be staying in the hotel except for one night on the entryway, on the beginning end, because then we are going to take the bus the next day, beautiful motor coach, with our guide, and we are going to Assisi, the mountain town, the hill town of Assisi in Umbria, in the Italian region of Umbria. So first homework assignment, if you're listening to this podcast and you're coming with us, You need to repeat Umbria and not Umbria, as people say. (laughs) Where did you go? We went to Umbria. No, it's Umbria. We're going to Umbria. Umbria. And Assisi, of course, is the famous town that is the birthplace of St. Francis of Assisi and St. Claire of Assisi and several of the other Franciscan saints. It's a beautiful place. Every time we go there as a trip, everybody says, oh, I wish we could stay longer. So this time we said, well, okay, let's stay longer and use that as a staging place because of where it's located in central Italy to then go to various other spots from Assisi because it's a bit of a shorter ride uh, from Assisi to Siena, for instance, than it would be from Assisi to, from Rome to Siena. OK, so in the interest of time, but also, I think, in the interest of staying in a more peaceful format, you know, I mean, it's, in January, it's going to be cold because it's a hill town. Right. It's
1: windy, all that. And it really is a hill town. I mean, and, you're walking up and down hills, but it's, you know, it's an easy place to go out by yourself or with someone else and just walk around. And I requested this hotel because
0: it's five minute walk from the basilica. So we're not, you know, again, I try to put our hotels, we do that in the Holy Land as well. We try to stay in, in places where you can walk around on your own if you want to, where you don't have to take a bus or you don't have to take a cab, you know, to get to the Church of the Holy Sepulcher in Israel or to get to the Basilica San St. Francis in, on this particular trip or to get to the um, St. Peter's Basilica you know, from our Rome hotel. So, you know, there's method to my madness. Um, I was looking at the hotel, it looks like a pretty cute hotel. I think it's going to be comfortable. You know, some, sometimes when you go in pilgrimage in Europe, you have a little bit of a relative experience, you know, relative comfort, you know, mm-hmm. relative, this is not what I'm used to, that kind of thing. But I think that this hotel is going to be, um, I always follow the, the advice of my travel agency and they really have yet to steer me wrong.
1: Well, this, this is the first time that we've been there overnight on other trips we've gone in for, and spent the whole day there. So this is really giving us an opportunity to see it and kind of slow down and really have an experience there. That's rather right. Rather than just zipping in and zipping out and looking at everything. And Yeah.
0: So we'll have like four or five days in Assisi, which is kind of exciting. The first day we have, of course, you know, the main course, Santa Maria degli Angeli, the the main church, which is where the Porziuncola, or the famous tiny little chapel church that Francis encountered in ruins and mm-hmm. attempted to repair manually, having misunderstood the message that the Lord had sent, right? The Lord said, Francis, right. rebuild my church, my right?
1: church, and right. It's
0: like... Whoa! So okay. Well, the and nails and <laughs> here's this wrecked chapel. Let's trust start yeah, there. You know, let's put it back so together. very literal-minded, which is kind of I think what we would, we also you know, at the time, what would we have thought that the Lord wanted us to rebuild the Catholic Church? I don't think mm-hmm. so, but it's a kind of a sign of His humility. So, the church itself had a church built around it, the Basilica of Our Lady of the Angels, Santa Maria degli Angeli. So. That just walking in and seeing the Portioncola, this little building like a ship in the basement within a bottle, you know kind of thing, mm-hmm. um, I think that's going be it's going to be really cool. We're going to have mass at the Basilica that first day.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: mm-hmm. so just a little bit give us some time to to you know.
1: Well it's an extraordinarily beautiful church because of the frescoes on the wall and it tells the life story of Saint. Francis and they're absolutely beautiful. And um, you'll you'll see a little bit of damage in the church in certain places because it's been subject to earthquakes. And I remember the one time we were there it wasn't long after we had left that there was an earthquake there. There have been
0: several earthquakes since we've been got, since we've been there. Uh, one of them that hit central Italy was rather considerable. Um, but yeah, so uh, what we're going to do, what I'm excited about is we've had a chapel reserved for our use in the basilica for two half days or two, two hour periods where we're just going to have a retreat. I'm kind of coming up with developing retreat materials and, um, so wonderful just to kind of have a, a place to just to sit down and come down and have, have communal prayer, maybe have a small talk, maybe have some sharing, some reflections, some, some time for silent prayer, just something to kind of slow down a little bit, you know, and really take advantage of the meditative, uh, reflective atmosphere, the beautiful atmosphere, of Assisi in general, right? So, the well, first thing.
1: One of the, day, one of the key ingredients is that you always have a priest come with us. Mm-hmm. That's and right. It's going to be Father Chris Clay. Mm-hmm. So, we will have Mass with him each day. And of course, if we're having the mini retreat, he will be there too to guide us and, and um, be a part of it. Mm-hmm. So that's exciting. Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
0: And I think that'll be fun because, especially the fact that we get our own chapel in the Basilica is kind of cool, right? Right. Um, And we will also, of course, have mass every day. Uh, All our trips, all our pilgrimages have daily mass. That's very important to kind of keep the emphasis on the right place. You know, a pilgrimage is different than a tour. You know, then we're not tourists, we're pilgrims. So there is a component of just keeping ourselves before the Lord at all times and right. in, in
1: from my own personal experience being on many of these trips, it's it's always a different group of people, mm-hmm. you know, coming from different areas of the country. and you really get to know them and you mm-hmm. really get to see how this affects their their life, their their relationship with the Lord. I mean, it's so amazing just to watch this. I just I mean it's it always makes me so happy. that's why I have to keep going because, I'm gonna see someone who's gonna be transformed. Mm-hmm. And that's what the pilgrimage is for. That's it's to what be it's closer for. to the Lord. It's that's to right. get to know him. It's to have that personal relationship. Outside of, you know, being at home with all the the things that go on and distract you, when you're on pilgrimage, you're not distracted. Mm-hmm. You know, you every and everybody is there for the same reason. Mm-hmm. So there's really a power to that. And um and something that that I cherish. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. I think that um, the thing about a pilgrimage or an organized trip like that is that there is somebody doing the thinking for you. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to worry about when you have to be ready. You have to worry about when you catch the bus. You don't have to worry about what you're going to eat. I mean, you know, yeah, you can make individual choices within those frameworks, but there is, it's all thought out for you so that you can just relax and have the experience, the necessary experience, right? So- we're going to have a half day retreat and mass uh, with um, with the group. And then the next uh, after lunch, we're going to just walk around Assisi. So I would advise bundling up because um, nothing can be as cold, I think, as an Italian hill town. Right? Yeah, because you get that wind. You get yeah. the wind and you get the and it's cold, and you're like, oh, I didn't know it was supposed to be this I have people coming up to me saying, I didn't know it was supposed to be this cold. I'm like, well, you know, I didn't either, but that's why we say, please bring gloves, bring scarves. You don't have to bring Canada goose or anything like that. You don't have to bring major uh, ski equipment, but I would definitely be prepared um, to be outside for a little bit, considering that we're gonna go, we're gonna, gonna roam all over Assisi, go to the Chiesa Nuova, the new church, built over the home of Francis's family and also, of course, the Basilica of St. Clair. And in the Basilica of St. Clair, we're gonna see the famous San Damiano mm-hmm. crucifix, which is an iconic, I think everybody would recognize it, right? right. Um, it's everywhere. And it's the crucifix that spoke t- to St. Francis, Francis mm-hmm. right? Saying, mm-hmm. Francis rebuild my church. Right? My church. And, and it's then, beautiful. I love the and then we're going to have the wine tastings and, the, you know, I always try to build in like some, you know, some fun experiences like some some uh, gourmet food tour or uh, last time I think we had a did not we have a cooking lesson last time? That was fun. Yeah. But I don't think we, we have a cooking lesson this time. But I think we do have some wine tastings and stuff like that and dinners um, scattered around the itinerary The main reason also to pick Assisi is that, like I said, it'll serve for a staging area. And the next day, why? Because the next day we're going to go to Loreto. Loreto. Loreto is the site of the famous, uh, you know, there are two alternative versions as to where the Virgin Mary lived and ended her earthly life, right? So if you've been to Ephesus, there's the house where she lived with John and... That's where she lived, right? And that's where she was assumed. But then there's also another story, another tradition, whereby the house that she lived in with John was miraculously transported to this small town <clears throat> in central Italy. And uh, and we have from, um, it was, let's see, the, the, the idea was in 1291, the Virgin Mary's house was miraculously transported from Nazareth to Croatia. Why Croatia, I don't know. And yeah, then, then it, it went someplace it, else. And then it hopped and skipped across the Adriatic Sea and landed in Loreto. So twelve ninety four. So there's been a very ancient tradition of veneration of the holy house. So whatever house this is and wherever it came from, it definitely is the source of a rich tradition of <clears throat> veneration of the Virgin Mary. So that's the main point. Right. Never Many ever,
1: popes have gone there to venerate. Say that again? Many popes have gone there for veneration. Absolutely. So
0: yeah, I mean, and it's just that, you know, I've been there. We, It's actually one of the traditional places. Lourdes and Loreto are the two places where a lot of the pil- the um, the organizations that bring sick people to those shrines go. So I've been to Loreto dressed as a nurse as, you know, part of a train of terminally ill people who were going to Loreto Mm. uh, to venerate the Blessed Mother and all that. So and then that's pretty fun. We're going to be obviously there all day. And uh, then we'll come back to Assisi, though, which is kind of cool because we'll be returning every night to Assisi and not to Rome. Because you remember? Oh, my gosh,
1: the traffic in Rome. It is
0: to try and return into yeah. Rome
1: yeah.
0: Um, at the end of a long day. I mean, we're going to be, end up doing that one time, but it won't be as traumatic as doing it every night, right? Yeah. The next day, we're going to kind of concentrate more on on Assisi itself. We're going to go to the Carceri, which is a little bit far away. And also, we're going to have a cooking demonstration and a dinner. So we don't get to cook ourselves, but I think that'll be fun. Again, yeah. Umbria and Emilia-Romagna are the two areas where, if you ask Italians where people eat the best, that's what they say. They say that um, the cuisine from Emilia-Romagna, which is Bologna, for instance, so lasagne, raguola bolognese, all that stuff, comes from that area, and you talk, spoke speak to any Italian, and they'll say, oh, that's where you eat the best. But then a close second is the Umbrian cuisine. It's very basic. It's very um, down to earth. There's nothing particularly refined about it, but it's excellent. It has really good ingredients, and I think we'll
1: have a. Really well, it's, good time. it's always local foods. I mean, it's fresh, it's delicious. It's, you're not going to Italy to eat pizza every night.
0: That's for sure, or hot dogs. I've heard yeah. people say, oh, we had hot dogs. I'm like, you kidding me? That's Those people should be arrested. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Go to Italy and eat a hot dog and or a hamburger. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. But anyway, so, um, and then the next time, the next day, we're going to Orvieto. Now, do you remember Orvieto last time we were there?
1: Oh, yes, I do.
0: I was there with my oldest daughter. This time I'm going to be down there with my youngest daughter. Orvieto is a beautiful, beautiful, again, town. Um, Italian hill town in central Italy uh, built on a network. It's honeycombed with caverns below. Remember that whole Mm -hmm. system of caverns and grottos and and tunnels all under the main town of Orvieto. Some of them are natural, but some of them were
1: sort of built into the defense of the town. Well, when you look at it from a distance, it's like on a sheer cliff Mm -hmm. and you take that train up or, transom Mm -hmm. or whatever they call that, um, to get up to the top. Of course, there's other ways to get to the city, but it's really spectacular. Mm -hmm. It's like nothing you'll experience anyplace else.
0: Yeah, it really is something. And the facade of the church in Orvieto
1: Mm -hmm.
0: uh, is just ridiculous. It's one of the most stunning cathedrals in Italy because it still has all the the original frescoes, you know, that adorn the facade.
1: Was Remember? that where the Pope lived
0: for a while, too? Uh, in, uh, well, Viterbo, close to Orvieto. Okay. Uh, so, But the story about the, um, the church in Orvieto, the cathedral, apart from the fact that it's wonderful food, traditional stuff, etc. cetera, uh, but in Orvieto, in the cathedral, there is displayed the famous corporal or cloth from the altar with the bloodstains from the Eucharistic miracle that took place in the 1200s. Mm-hmm. Right? right. Um, in Bolsena which is a small town very close by, right? So right. the doubting the story is what the doubting priest we're going to tell the story and then we're going to we're going to close for today. We're going to pick up the story in another in the next show. But uh, the ta- the story is what that there was a non-believing priest, he was having serious doubts at the consecration, the host bled. And it bled on, it's one of those fantastic Eucharistic miracles, uh, bled on to the white cloth, the corporal, uh, that was on the altar. And, of course, that changed his mind, I'd say. And <laughs> it caused quite a stir. And the pope, who was staying in Viterbo, a uh, uh, close by town, um, had the corporal of Bolsena transferred to the cathedral in Orvieto for veneration. And who did he call? to compose a wonderful eucharistic hymn. Thomas Aquinas, St. Thomas Aquinas composed Tantum Ergo oh, mm-hmm. f- just for the in the occasion of the eucharistic miracle of the corporal of Bolsena displayed in the cathedral at Orvieto. And we're going to be there. I think that's cool. I don't know if we'll be able to view the corporal but we're certainly going to be in the beautiful insides of that church, which is fantastic, incredible frescoes. No, the is
1: beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. absolutely.
0: So um, I think there's actually um, a chapel in the cathedral where there is a Last Judgment, remember? There is <laughs> the famous painting of the Last Judgment, which it seems to have served as sort of an inspiration for Michelangelo. To paint his Last Judgment for the Sistine Chapel, and uh, but it has a very sinister because you have you have Jesus and then you have the Antichrist, and the, the author the uh, the artist renders the face of the Antichrist with the same face as Jesus because he's the Antichrist, right? Mm-hmm. Except that you can tell from the people around him that he is not leading them into justice and peace and well-being; he's leading them into strife and warfare and. The end of the world kind of stuff, right? But anyway, that's uh, that's totally worth it. Plus, it has wonderful little town, little um, uh, streets that we can wander around. I think we're actually going to have, yeah, we're going to have lunch there. We're going to visit the underground ch- caves. I think it's going to be all in all a beautiful yeah.
1: mm-hmm.
0: trip. They're, they're noted for their white wine there too. Mm-hmm. That's right, and their food. Oh, it's going to be it's, it's going to be fun. We keep talking about wine and food, but. <laughs> It'll be good it's all really around. Good. Right? Yeah. Okay. Thank you for joining us.